Journey to Pascha, Orthodox Spiritual Reflections on Great Lent, brought to you by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society of the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of Australia. Today we bring you the timeless wisdom from Proverbs together with our saints for the day on the 10th of April. We also reflect on the Church's beautiful hymnography to Panagia the Theotokos and Mother of God. This is The Journey to Pascha. Our Daily Bread Orthodox Scripture Readings to Help Nourish the Soul A reading from Proverbs Chapter 31 Verses 8 to 30 containing timeless wisdom on a range of virtues and vices. Open your mouths for the word of God and judge all men fairly. Open your mouth and judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and helpless. Who will find a courageous wife? For such a one is more valuable than precious stone. The heart of her husband trusts in her She will not be a loss for fine spoils, for she provides good things for her husband all her life. She weaves wool and linen cloth and is productive with her hands. She is like a ship trading afar off, so she procures her livelihood. She also rises before dawn and gives food to her household, and she anoints tasks for her maidservant. Seeing a farm, she buys it, and from the fruits of her hands she plants her plot of land. Strongly girding her loins, she strengthens her arms for work. She experiences work as a good thing, and her lamp is not quenched all night. She extends her arms to do profitable things, and she applies her hands to the spindle. She opens her hands to the poor and reaches out with her fruit to the needy. Her husband is not anxious about those at home when he spends a long time elsewhere, for her household are clothed. She makes a double upper garment for her husband and garments of fine linen and purple for herself. Her husband is respected at the gates and when he sits in council with the elders who inhabit the land. She makes and sells fine linens and girdles to the Canaanites. She opens her mouth carefully and lawfully and controls her tongue. She clothes herself with strength and dignity and rejoices in the last days. She runs her household carefully and she does not eat the bread of idleness. She opens her mouth wisely and lawfully and her charity raises her children and they become rich and her husband praises her. Many daughters acquire riches, many do mighty things, but you excel and surpass all. Desires to please are deceitful, and the beauty of a wife is vain. For a wise wife is blessed, and let her in fear praise the Lord. Give to her from the fruits of her hands, and let her husband praise her at the gates.
Lives of Our Saints. The Saints of the Day, whose stories are recorded in the Prologue of Ochrid. The Holy Martyrs Terence, Africanus, Maximus, Pompeius, and 36 others with them. Each of these martyrs suffered for Christ and were crowned with wreaths of glory during the reign of the Emperor Decius. By order of the Emperor, the governor of Africa announced to the people that everyone had to offer sacrifices to the idols. For those who resisted, the governor threatened cruel tortures. Upon hearing about these threats, many fell away from the faith and worshipped the idols. However, these 40 brave martyrs remained unwavering in their faith and were subjected to intense tortures. St. Terence encouraged his companions, saying, Brothers, let us be on guard that we do not deny Christ our God, lest he deny us before his heavenly Father and the holy angels. The governor divided them into two groups. Thirty-six of them, after being flogged and having their skin scraped and salt poured into their open wounds, were all beheaded. The first four were cast into prison, with heavy iron chains around their necks, hands and feet. An angel of God appeared in the prison and touched the chains of the shackled men, and the chains fell off. After that, the angel prepared a bountiful table for them and fed them. Once again, they were brought out and tortured, and again they were imprisoned. Then the governor ordered the soothsayers to gather as many poisonous, loathsome creatures as possible, such as snakes and scorpions, and to lock them up in the same cell with the martyrs. The loathsome creatures did not touch the God-pleasers, but rather lay huddled in the corner where they remained for three days. On the third day, when the door of the cell was opened, the repulsive creatures rushed out and bit the soothsayers. Finally, the governor pronounced the death penalty upon the four martyrs. When they were brought out to be beheaded, they joyfully chanted psalms and praised God, who had vouchsafed them a martyr's death. They suffered honorably in the year 250 AD and were found worthy of the kingdom. The 6,000 Martyrs in Georgia in the desert of St. David of Garesga, in Georgia, there were 12 monasteries in which many monks lived the ascetic life for centuries. In 1615 AD, the king of Persia, Shah Abbas I, attacked Georgia, devastated it, and beheaded many Christians. Once, while hunting early in the morning on the Feast of the Resurrection, Shah Abbas noticed many lights in the mountains. They were the monks from the twelve monasteries in procession around the Church of the Resurrection with lighted tapers in hand. When the Shah discovered that they were monks, he asked in amazement, Has not all of Georgia been given over to the sword? He then ordered his soldiers to immediately behead all the monks. At that moment, an angel of God appeared to Abbot Arsenios and informed him of their impending death. 
Arsenios informed his brethren. They all received the all-pure mysteries of Holy Communion and prepared themselves for death. Suddenly, the assailants arrived and cut to pieces, first the abbot, who was the first to come out, and then the rest. They all suffered honorably and were crowned with incorruptible wreaths in the year 1615 AD. Thus ended the history of these famous monasteries, which, for more than a thousand years, had served as the spiritual heart of enlightenment for the Georgians. Only two of the monasteries exist today, St. David and St. John the Forerunner. The Georgian king, Akil, gathered the relics of the monks and honorably interred them. Even today, these relics emit a sweet-smelling myrrh and heal the sick. Orthodox readings and reflections for Lent from Lichnos, the periodical of the Greek Orthodox Christian Society. Our church's hymnography is rich with chants to the Theotokos. This reflects her status as the Mother of God, who constantly intercedes and helps us. One of the most well-known hymns begins with the following in Greek, Din oreotita tis parthenia In English, the entire hymn is as follows. Awed by the beauty of your virginity and by the brilliance of your purity, Gabriel cried aloud to you, O Mother of God, how can I praise you as I should? With what name shall I call you? I am at a loss and amazed. Therefore, as I was commanded, I cry to you, Rejoice, full of grace. This hymn, which is based on the events of the Annunciation, is found in the book known as the Paracletiki and is used throughout the church year. It was a common theme running through the writings and hymnology of the church fathers that the Theotokos was pure in both body and soul when she entered the temple and that she was there prepared to become the vessel and the mother of light. George of Nicomedia characteristically states in his homily on the entrance of the Theotokos into the temple that the Virgin Mary was clean of all human manner and passion, not being subject to these and above the need of nature. He goes on to focus on her purity of mind, rhetorically asking, which mind motivated so much to achieve perfect dispassion is more pure compared to the one which she, the spotless one, exhibited from childhood. Like the angel, he cannot fail but address the Theotokos using similar language to the hymn. Oh, the most beautiful adornment of the beautiful! Following the example of the angel, we and the hymnographers can only express our joy. Archbishop Theophylact of Bulgaria, in his commentary on the Gospel reading of the Annunciation, says that the angel cries out with the greeting, Rejoice, full of grace, 
to indicate with the word rejoice that Eve's sadness when God told her that in pain you shall bring forth children is now dissolved. The words full of grace, which means blessed, replaces the curse of Eve after the fall. I will greatly multiply your sorrow. Indeed, according to St. Nicholas Gavasilas, the Virgin Mary herself rejoices on the good news received from the angel. The greatest reason for which the Virgin Mary rejoices is not simply because through her God, but also she herself, due to those things she foresaw and knew, brought resurrection to mankind. you've enjoyed this edition of the journey to Pascha brought to you by the greek orthodox christian society be sure to subscribe on spotify or apple podcasts or visit nicknos.org at lychnos.org where you can find more orthodox articles talks and podcasts to help you on your journey this lent towards the resurrection of our lord